Welcome to the Bedford Alliance Church Foundations Podcast. I'm Luke Cugino, your discipleship pastor and host. This weekly podcast is designed to accompany your discipleship group and help you build a strong foundation in the Christian faith. We want to equip you so you can be unleashed to obey Jesus' command to make disciples. We want to make Jesus' final words our first work. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Foundations Podcast. Now, I want to start this week a little bit different. I want to start with asking you a question. Have you ever faced a difficult crossroads in your life? And what I mean by that is, have you ever faced a difficult decision that you knew would have a lasting impact in your life? I'm guessing you have. I know I have. And one example that comes to mind is my wife and I, at one point, were living in an apartment north of Detroit. We had moved up there. I had gotten a job up there, but I hated my job. I hated going to work every day. Every Friday night, I rejoiced because the work week was over. And every Sunday night, I was depressed because I had to go back to work the next day. Maybe some of you can relate to that. But we really felt like God was calling us to leave that area. We felt like God was calling us to come back home. I'm originally from the Ida area. My wife is originally from Ottawa Lake. So we felt like God was calling us to come back to the Monroe County region. But we had a difficult decision in front of us because I was looking for new jobs but had yet to have any success whatsoever. It was really tough trying to find a job. And in the meantime, we were running out of time to decide if we were going to renew the lease on our apartment. We had to decide either we're going to renew it for a year or we're going to be done with it. We were at a crossroads. We had a difficult decision. Now, we were confident God was calling us to move, but from a practical standpoint, if I didn't get a job in time, we wouldn't have a place to live. So that was tough. But we ended up deciding to not renew our lease. We took a leap of faith, and I remember we we met with Pastor Ryan. We prayed about the situation And the same day, the very same day that we met with Pastor Ryan and prayed about it, a job in the Toledo area was posted. A job opened up. I ended up getting the job, and God opened the necessary doors to to make it happen. Now, I know things don't always work out that way, but what crossroads have you faced in your life? We've all faced difficult decisions, whether it's what job we're going to take or what college we're going to go to or what we're going to study or who we're going to marry. We've all faced difficult crossroads. And in the Old Testament, Israel comes to an important crossroads as well. And the decision facing them is, will they be faithful to the covenant that they made with God? Remember, we saw that Israel made a covenant with God at Mount Sinai in the first five books of the Bible in the Pentateuch. And remember that if Israel is faithful to that covenant, they will dwell in the land that God has promised to them. And God will dwell in their midst and they will be blessed and they will show the whole world what it looks like to live in a relationship with God and to live under his rule. But if Israel's not faithful, Deuteronomy 28 tells us that Israel will be banished from the land. They will be exiled from the land and they will face judgment. Now, this is where the prophets enter the story. Remember, we're on a journey through the Old Testament and up to this point, we've journeyed through the historical books. We saw how in the first five books of the Bible, or what's known as the Pentateuch, 
God made a covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai. Then in the next 12 historical books, we saw how well Israel did or didn't do in keeping that covenant, in obeying that covenant. Now, we saw hints of blessing under David and Solomon's leadership. Remember last week we talked about the poetical books, much of which were written by David and by Solomon. And those books express man's response, in a sense, to the story of the Old Testament. And they show us what it looks like to live under God's rule. They show us how living in the fear of the Lord affects every aspect of our lives, from marriage to finances and to work. So under David and Solomon's leadership, we see in part what it looks like to live under God's blessing and rule for Israel. But we also saw that things quickly spiraled downward. David stumbled into sin. Solomon was initially obedient to God and he experienced blessing, but then he directly disobeyed God's covenant in numerous ways. He married many wives. He fell into idolatry. He started to worship the gods of his wives. He made places of worship for those gods. And he even put the Israelites into forced labor, just like the Egyptians had done, just like Israel had fleed from in Egypt. Then Solomon's son, Rehoboam, took over for his dad, and he actually threatened to increase the forced labor in Israel. And that's what led to civil war. And then we saw that the nation of Israel split into two different kingdoms. You had the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And the northern kingdom actually constructed golden calves for the people to worship. And the southern kingdom also fell into idolatry. So the answer to our question to Israel's crossroad, will they be faithful to the covenant? The answer is no. We clearly saw that they were not faithful to the covenant. And it's into this context, this theological context, that we come to our topic for this week, which is the prophets. Remember, the prophets' writings don't really advance the story of the Old Testament. They sort of give God's commentary on the story. The prophets really are God's spokespersons. He speaks through them. Now, there are 17 prophetical books in Scripture. Now, because there are so many books and because of the the limited time we have here, we can't cover each book individually. But what I want to do is give us sort of an overall picture. I want us to have some context so that when we read the prophets and when we get into the details of the prophets, we can have an idea of what's going on big picture. Now, the first thing is when it comes to classifying the prophets, you'll often hear the terms major versus minor, but that's really not the most helpful designation. That has more to do with the length of the books versus the importance But even that's not consistent because Lamentations is often lumped in with the major prophets, even though it's a pretty short book. So it's more helpful to think about the prophets' historical context. Remember, Israel and Judah, both the the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, were taken into exile for their sin because they disobeyed the covenant. And that that was a watershed event in Israel's history. It was a very important event. So it's helpful to think of the prophets as either before the exile, during the exile, or after the exile. And I I do want to mention, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, we have show notes for every episode of the podcast, and you can find those on our website at bedfordalliance.church. And in the notes for this week, we show which of the prophets fit into each category, either before the exile, during the exile, or 
after the exile. We're not going to go through all of those right now, but I do encourage you to look at those notes when you get the chance. Now, most of the prophets write before the exile. Okay, Most of them come before the exile, but a few of them write during the exile. That includes Daniel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah, who wrote the book of Lamentations. And then a few prophets write after the exile as well. And that includes Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. But as I said, most write before the exile. And most of them are addressed to the southern kingdom of Judah. Only a few of them are addressed to the northern kingdom of, of Israel. So it's helpful to know that most of the prophets come before the exile and most are addressed to Judah. Now there's a lot of diversity in the prophets in terms of the material they cover and the, and the way they cover it. But their basic message can really be summarized in three main points. Okay, you can open the prophets to almost anywhere and see one of these three main things. And those three things are repentance, judgment, and hope. Repentance, judgment, and hope. First, let's look at repentance. When I say that, what I mean is they are telling Israel and or Judah, you have broken the covenant. You've broken God's law. You must repent. Now, when, when most people think of the prophets, they think of predictions in the future and these crazy apocalyptic visions. And we do see some of that in the prophets, but their main role is really more like prosecuting attorneys. They're sort of like God's covenant lawyers. They say, you've broken the covenant in this way. Now repent, turn back to God. This is the crossroads that we mentioned earlier. They list specific ways that people have broken the covenant and they say either turn back to God or you're going to face judgment and some of the specific sins that the prophets address include idolatry as we mentioned earlier the northern kingdom of Israel made golden calves for the people to worship and the southern kingdom of Judah started worshiping other gods in addition to the one true God the prophets also address social injustice so the covenant that Israel made with God didn't just call for a right relationship with God, a right vertical relationship, but it also called for a right relationship with each other, a right horizontal relationship. The prophets call for justice and for efforts to be made to care for people who can't care for themselves, for the poor, the widows, the orphans, and foreigners. Israel and Judah had turned away from God. And because of that, they became consumed with themselves. And their legal system became corrupt. The rich got richer. The poor got poorer. And God calls out his people for this through the prophets. The prophets also address religious ritualism, which is this idea that they'll be fine as long as they perform the right rituals. As long as they go through the motions and they do all the necessary sacrifices, we're good. But we know that's not what God wants from his people. The Israelites failed to see that God wanted to have a relationship with them. Really, the, the rituals that were part of the covenant and the sacrifices that were part of the covenant were a means to deepen their relationship with God. And God says through the prophets that he hates when people just do religious rituals without faithfulness to the covenant, without their hearts being in the right place. He doesn't just want us to go through the motions. He wants our hearts. Now, going back to our main idea here, the prophets call for the people of Israel to repent and to return to the covenant and to return to God. They use all sorts of poetic language and analogies to 
call Israel out for their idolatry and their social injustice and their ritualism. And they use the analogy of an unfaithful spouse to depict Israel, to depict God's people. The people have been unfaithful and they've essentially committed adultery with other gods. And through all of this, the prophets contain repeated calls for repentance, turn back to God. Or we come to the second main point that the prophets address, which is judgment. The prophets tell Israel, if you don't repent, you will face judgment. And the judgment that is normally threatened is exile. They will be kicked out of the land, just as Deuteronomy 28 warned. Now, some of the prophets write during the exile, as we mentioned, so they actually see the destruction of Jerusalem and they see exile happening. They see some of the fulfillment of these judgments that are predicted. So we see both predictions and fulfillment of judgment in the prophets. For example, exile becomes a reality for both Israel and Judah, as we mentioned. But also in Ezekiel chapters 8 through 10, it describes God's presence leaving the temple. Now, that was a huge thing. Understand that God's presence in the temple was at the heart of the relationship between God and Israel. It was how God's presence dwelled with the people. But now it was gone. God's presence left the temple in judgment of their failure to keep the covenant. Now, a little spoiler here, God's presence won't really return until he comes as a man in Jesus Christ. Okay, but that's that's looking ahead a little bit. Now, in the prophets, you'll also see repeated references to this coming day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Now, this refers to when God will bring justice. He will judge the wicked people who have defied him, and he will bring salvation to those who trust him. Now, this term can be used in a couple different ways. There are days of the Lord when this is fulfilled in part, in a sense, such as when God used Assyria to take Israel into exile and when God used Babylon to take Judah into exile. But there's also a singular day of the Lord when Christ will return and final justice will be served for all of eternity. Okay, So this is an important concept to, to understand. So that's judgment. The prophets address repentance, repent, or judgment is coming. Then the final message that the prophets repeatedly address is hope. So despite these calls to repentance and despite these descriptions of judgment, the prophets are also filled with hope. They say that exile is not permanent. God has not abandoned his people. And they talk about a new exodus. Remember how God saved his people through an exodus before, an exodus from Egypt. Now he's going to do it again. There's going to be a new exodus and there's going to be a new covenant. We see that in Jeremiah chapter 31. But this time the covenant is going to be written on his people's hearts and God's spirit will now dwell inside of his people. God's presence will be inside of them, not inside of a temple. And there's going to be a new creation, a new heavens and a new earth. We see that in Isaiah 65. And all of this will come about through a coming king, the Messiah who will not only restore Israel, but he will save the Gentiles, the non-Israelites as well. And this king who will come from the line of David, remember God made a promise to David in 2 Samuel 7 that he will have a descendant who will sit on the throne of his kingdom forever. This king, this coming Messiah will come from the line of David and he will rule over all creation and he will make all things right. That's really the message of the prophets, the basic message, repentance, judgment, and hope. Repent from your sin 
If you don't, you're going to face judgment. But regardless, God is one day going to bring salvation and hope, and he's going to make all things right. In the short term, the prophets are kind of negative. They're talking about repentance and judgment and exile. But in the long term, when they look to the future, there are rays of hope. Short-term gloom, long-term rays of hope. Repentance, judgment, and hope. If you can remember those three things, you'll have a good grasp on what the prophets are about. With that being said, there are a few prophets whose message doesn't really fit into this neat little package that we've just unpacked. For example, you have Daniel, who was taken into exile in Babylon. He was one of the people actually taken off to, to Babylon. He shows that God's people can be faithful even during exile. And he also shows that God is sovereign over all the empires of the world, not just Israel. Then you have Obadiah and Nahum, who preach judgment against two of Israel's enemies, which would be Edom and Nineveh. These books show that it's not just Israel facing judgment. All of the wicked will eventually be brought to justice. Then you have the book of Jonah, and Jonah preaches to the Assyrians in the city of Nineveh. Okay, God calls him directly into enemy territory. And the Assyrians do the unthinkable. They repent. They do what the Israelites and the people of Judah don't. They repent and they turn to God. Now this shows that God is, is working to bring a blessing to the whole world, not just Israel. Eventually all nations will be offered salvation. But it also is meant as a message to encourage Israel to repent. If the Ninevites, if the Assyrians can repent, then surely the Israelites, the people of God, can repent. Then you have Lamentations, which was again written by the prophet Jeremiah, who's known as the, the weeping prophet. And in this book, he's lamenting, hence the name, lamenting the fall of Jerusalem. He witnesses Jerusalem being destroyed by Babylon. Then you have Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. These books were all written after the exile, and they encourage God's people to finish building the temple in the midst of persecution, and they also encourage God's people to restore right conduct and to restore right worship before God as well. Now, with that being said, now that we've looked at the message of the prophets, what applications can we draw from these books? Well, I think we could go a lot of different ways here, but first, Understand that sin has real consequences. It's not that our consequences will be exactly the same as Israel. God had a special covenant with Israel. He had special terms in the covenant with them where if they broke the covenant, they would be exiled from the land. Okay, I'm not saying that we're going to be taken into exile. But our sins do have real consequences. And even though God promised long-term hope through the prophets, we still see that Israel had to suffer short-term consequences for their sin, for what they chose to do. And also we see again that God wants us to have a real and deep relationship with him. The prophets describe Israel as an unfaithful spouse. So sin is less like getting a speeding ticket and it's really more like adultery or betrayal of a relationship. God doesn't just want our ritualism. He wants our hearts. He wants our affections, our love. The prophets also teach us about the concepts of law and grace. They proclaim judgment based on Israel's failure to keep the covenant. As we talked about, this covenant that was made through Moses on Mount Sinai, Israel fails to keep the covenant, and so they face judgment. But we also see that God will still 
by his grace, fulfill promises made to Abraham and to David. There will still be a king from David's line who brings a blessing to the whole world. And these promises will be fulfilled purely by God's grace. They won't be fulfilled because of what Israel has done, but really in spite of what Israel has done, God will still fulfill his promises. And we see these concepts of law and grace repeated again in the New Testament. That's why it's important for us to to grasp these concepts. We see that in the New Testament, Paul says, everyone falls short of the glory of God. Everyone falls short of God's standard and deserves death as a result. Yet, we can still be saved by God's grace. The law brings condemnation, but we are saved through grace alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. And finally, the prophets show us that God is sovereign. He's in control. Even when everything seems lost, Israel was kicked out of the promised land. They were under foreign rule, and it seemed like all hope was lost, but God still had a plan, and there was still hope. So for you, when you come to a crossroads in your life, you can take a leap of faith knowing that God is in control. But even if you've made a decision in your past that you regret, if you've come to a crossroads before and you've made what you think is the wrong decision, it's never too late to repent and to turn to God. He is still in control. He still has a plan for you. Run to him. Do what Israel didn't do and repent and turn to God. And that brings us to the end of our time on the prophets. I know that's a quick overview. Don't worry if you don't understand everything in the prophets. Nobody does. There's some things we will never fully understand, but keep this bigger picture in mind as you read the prophets and it will really help you. And as always, remember why we're doing this podcast in the first place. We're doing this so that you can be equipped to be a blessing to others, so that you can make disciples who make disciples And so that you can make Jesus' final words your first work. 